last couple of weeks, I've had a few people ask me why we do the things that we do. Um, and, 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 and it's okay. You know, why do you all come in and, and have music? Uh, you know, why is there sometimes people will take a microphone? Um, well, the microphone is here is for words of prophecy. We've been talking about gifts of the Spirit on Wednesdays, and the microphone is really not for you to testify about what God is doing for you. It's not, you know, what's blessed you this week, or it's, it's, it's a word that's for the church. So when you come, if somebody come up and grab the mic, remember, it's a word of prophecy that's given for the church. And if God's blessing you with something, you know, just sit on that and be blessed. Amen. Uh, but somebody asked, why do you do that? And then somebody said, well, why do you have music for, if y'all don't pay attention to time or, no, we don't. Um, <laughs> you know, that's something I've just never gotten in the habit of. And uh, when the Holy Spirit says we're done, we'll be done. Um, but so as we've been looking at this and we go through church so many times, and I was thinking I was talking to uh, Amy this past week about worship and about praise and, and wonder sometimes why we do the things that we do. Um, I'm actually getting ready to start a teaching series for like 15 minutes with our praise team on why we're doing what we're doing and the way we're doing it. But I didn't want to do that without talking to the congregation what praise and worship looks like, you know? And I'm not saying you're doing praise and worship wrong, okay? Don't, don't get that. I'm saying that sometimes we don't understand why the, what the purpose of it is. And we're getting ready to head into Thanksgiving season and it's, it's supposed to be a time of praise. It's supposed to be a time of, of giving thanks. And I want to look at why praise. Um, because sometimes, and I hope this isn't you, and if it's describing you, just look straight ahead and nobody will know. Um, sometimes if, if people come in from the outside and they look and they, they think, well, this is praise and worship, well, I don't see nothing special. That's because a lot of times what we call praise and worship looks more like dazed, bored, and let's sit. <laughs> Come on. And you say, well, why? Well, it's just not moving me today. Let me tell you something. What was, happens on this stage, what happens on those drums and guitars and singers has nothing to do with you. <laughs> it, it ain't supposed to move you. What it is, is a time when we come in to sit before God. And so you can tell when people aren't used to praise and worship is because they're like, oh, what do I do here? It's got a good beat. It's easy to dance to, you know. Um, I used to, I want to tell on my daughter, she's sitting here. She has a, a certain look. And evidently she got it from her father, uh, so I can't say much to her. And, I, and she'd come in, and I'd say, Sydney, man, what are, you, what are you upset about? I'm not upset. Well, tell your face. <laughs> I used to tell that other, you need to tell your face you're not mad. And, and evidently she comes by naturally because there's people who have went years and thought I was a mean person, and I'm not a mean person. Uh, you know? Uh, um, but I'd say, tell you, I wonder sometimes if, if, if God looks at his children 
when there should be a lifestyle of worship and a lifestyle of praise, and, we're, and he looks and says, what are you so upset about? I'm not. Well, tell your face. You know, there should be an expression. You know, and so, <laughs> and somebody recently asked me, they said, I really believe God is getting ready to do something. And I, you know, I know what they meant. And, and if you think it was you, it probably wasn't. <laughs> I, I, you got to remember, I have people all over in, in, in two countries and several states that call me weekly. Um, so I, said, I believe God's getting ready to do something. I believe he's getting ready to break loose. Let me tell you something. If you're waiting for God to do something, you've already waited too long. And if you're waiting for him to move you, you might as well just sit down. God is not going to shake you. He's not going to make you jump. He's not going to make you shout. He's not going to make you raise your hands. He's not going to make you run around. That is on you. We'll get there. God's not going to do it because he's done what he's supposed to do. He's already came. He already took care of sin. He already took care of all this stuff. And so what would happen if our people would just sit back and realize that praise is on our part, it's not on his part? Because we treat this for 35, 40 minutes, however long they decide to go, as what is supposed to bring you into praise and worship. You sing the right song, I'll praise. Come on. You, you do that? Oh, oh, they're getting ready to do this. Oh, I really love it when they do this because then they're going to bring in this in. And, and, you know, Bobby asked me today, he says, you know, when you get to this part back there on the screen, the words are never right. I said, probably. Because <laughs> I'm notorious for making up my own. It's what I feel like in the moment. And we cannot wait. Oh, I just want God to shake it where people run around. Listen, nobody's holding you back now. We go, oh, I'm going to go to this church. Man, when they, get, when they praise, they go up front and they dance and they have a good time. Well, then what's stopping you? See, you're waiting on God to make you feel something. Well, praise and worship is not about God doing anything for you. Praise and worship is all about what we are bringing to God. It's not about him pumping me up and getting me going and, oh, I feel a goosebump. No, it's about me living in a place so deep with God that I can't stand myself any longer. It's not about what he does for me. It's about what I bring for him. Look at the definition for the word praise here. Glory to God. God, calm down. Praise is an expression, not an observation. This is, I, I prayed with the praise team this morning. I said, God, and I prayed for you guys. I said, God, help us to let them know that this is not a spectator sport. You're not watching the game. You're participants in the game. You're the starters. This is not the starters. But praise is an expression of gratitude of personal favors. In other words, praise is when I come and I realize how good God 
this to me and it causes me to do something. Not that he shakes me or give me a goose bump, Holy Ghost bumps, whatever you want to call them. But it's an expression that I have when I realize just how good he's been. Just how awesome he's been to me. Praise is not what he does, it's what I am. He goes on to say, uh, this is Webster's Dictionary, it's an expression of gratitude for personal favors conferred. It's a glorifying or extolling. Praise means to commend, to applaud, to extol in words or song, to magnify, to glorify on account of perfections or excellent work. That's what praise is. I knew, let me tell you, I didn't know what I was going to preach. I actually had a whole different series I was starting today. And Tuesday during our corporate prayer time, the Holy Spirit spoke to me about praise. And I decided right then, okay, here's where we're going. Through everything else I'd studied away, put it on the back burner, it can be taught later. Because God wants you to understand that during this time, it is a free time of expression. It is a time for you to understand how and remember how good God has been to you, how great he has been, how much favor he has put on your life, how much blessings that you can take. Does that mean life's perfect? No, it doesn't mean life's perfect, but it means that he's good enough where I can overlook the imperfections of life and remember just how grand he is. Go, if you will, to Psalms 96. I love this. I'm gonna read out the Passion Translation for this one because of the poetry of it. Psalms 96, he says, go ahead, applaud. Sing your new song to the Lord. Let every language sing a new song. Now did it say God's gonna make you sing? God's gonna make you applaud. No, he said, go ahead, do it. So whose responsibility? It's not theirs. It's not their job to pump you up. Uh, come on. He said, go ahead, applaud, sing a new song to the Lord. Let every language sing to him a new song. Verse two, don't stop, keep on singing. Make his name famous. Tell everyone every day how wonderful he is. This is praise. Tell everyone every day how wonderful he is. Give them the good news of our great Savior. Take the message of his glory and miracles to every nation. Tell them about the amazing things he's done. For the Lord's greatness is beyond description. See, sometimes you got to dance just because you don't know what else to do. Sometimes you gotta praise because you don't know what else to do. Sometimes we need to clap. Sometimes we need to wave a banner. Sometimes we just need to dance because we don't know what else to do. He, I love that. For the Lord's greatness is beyond description. Maybe our services don't look like that all the time because we've forgotten this guy, this person David's describing. How wonderful he is, how miraculous he is. Thou that really he's beyond description. We get the idea, well, he saved me from hell and that's all good as long as I'm not going there. I'm, I'm, I'm fine, man. But he does so much more. 
He said, he is our king God, and it is right to be in holy awe of him. Other gods are absolutely worthless. For the Lord God, the creator God, who spread the splendor of the skies, breathtaking brilliance, and awe-inspiring majesty radiate from his shining presence. Maybe we need to get a bigger picture of our God. Maybe praise would look different if we really saw him the way he is. And the only way to see him the way he is is to spend time with him in his presence. His stunning beauty overwhelms all who come before him. Surrender to the Lord Yahweh, all you nations and peoples. Surrender to him all your pride, uh uh-oh. And all your strength. Surrender to him your pride. Well, I don't, that's just not me. This has nothing to do with you. That's just not my personality. I'm, I'm, I'm this person. I'm praising, tell your face. See, when we don't have a right picture of God, then our expression of praise becomes skewed. We don't have the right picture of God. We're just happy we're not going to hell. We're, we're, we're just happy that, that, that things are good. We're just happy that he continues to meet our needs over and over again. But we fail to get the expression and the beauty of who he is and the awesomeness of his face and the brilliance. I'm telling you, just walk outside and look. I had a, a conversation with a young man yesterday. He came back in to talk to me. He said, you know what? He said, I hope you don't get offended that when I'm at church that, you know, I'm not doing all these things. I'm not, I don't get offended. I don't pay attention. <laughs> Come on. This is me in Jesus' time. This ain't got nothing to do with you. He said, but you know what? The other day I was out working and I looked around and he said, I became overwhelmed at the glory of creation. He said, that's worship. I said, absolutely, that's worship. But we don't do that either. We get up every day. Remember the old Dunkin' Donut guy? Time to make the donuts. I know you all don't remember. But he gets up and says, uh, no, every day is filled with beauty. Every day is filled with splendor. Every day is filled with majesty. And just because of that should be enough to bring out an expression of worship out of us. He said, surrender to Yahweh your pride and your strength. Verse eight, confess that Yahweh alone deserves the glory and honor. Bring an offering and come what? Celebrate in his courts. Folks, especially now in the new covenant, since Jesus has fulfilled the, the law and fulfilled the, uh, the, the, the curse for us, we're only left with blessing. Every time we get together as a corporate body, it should look like a party. It should look like a good time. There should be laughter and singing and dancing and flags. Folks, if you, well, that's just not me. Don't go to heaven. 
you're going to be in bad trouble. <laughs> there are angels whose job is to do nothing but circle the throne for eternity. And every time they circle it, they cry, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And I tell you, I'm completely convinced that in through all eternity past and eternity pressed forward, that when they circle him, they will see a part of him that they never saw before that brings an expression of worship out. You don't know God yet. We're still trying to understand him. And as we get closer, it should bring an expression. Woo! It should bring an expression. Ah! Mm. Come worship, verse 9. Come worship the Lord wearing the splendor of holiness. Let everyone wait in wonder as they tremble in awe before him. Ooh, glory. Tell the nations plainly that Yahweh rules over all. He, look at this. He is, this is why I like the Passion Translation, man. He is doing a great job. He's doing a good job. Well, the world's a mess. That's not his fault. <laughs> He's doing a great job and nothing will disrupt him for he treats everyone fair and square. Uh, let the skies sing for joy. Let the earth join in the chorus. Let oceans thunder and fields echo this ecstatic praise until swaying trees of every forest join in, lifting up their songs of joyous praise to him. For here he comes. The Lord God, he is ready to judge the world. He will do what is right. Oh, glory. And can be trusted to always do what is fair. This, when we see this God, we see this God, it should bring an expression up. It should, it should cause me to tell my face, Dave. It should bring some, I don't know, I don't understand why we've got believers who find it hard to smile. I don't understand why we find it hard. Let me tell you something. If you were at the 50s party Friday, you saw some people having fun. <laughs> Wayne come out dancing from the get-go. First song, here comes Wayne. And there comes Brent joining in. And Rachel, why? Because that made us feel something. It brought an expression. Folks, when we stand before God in the morning, it should be an expression. Here I am another day. I'm above ground. I am here. I am alive. I am breathing. This is plenty enough for me to bring praise to my God. If he does not another thing for me the rest of my life, he has done enough. He's done a good job. And I will lift my voice to him forever well God's not moving I don't feel it it's not about what you feel it's about what you understand 
He never said, I'm going to give you a good feel. He said, I am going to give you a great life. He said, I know the plans I have for you, plans of good and not evil, plans to prosper you. Hey, that's enough, Dave. That's enough. I don't need nothing else. He just gave me his promise, and I don't care if I see another thing a day of my life. He is already. Stop waiting on God to move and start being the move of God. Well, I'm going to sit here till God moves me. You're going to sit the rest of your life. <laughs> Praise is a weapon. This is just not what we do because it makes us feel good. Did you know that one of the reasons why we do praise and worship together corporately is because praise actually becomes a weapon. I'm going to raise spiritual warfare. Everybody thinks waging spiritual warfare is shaking their fist at the devil and, and screaming at him. Let me ask you this. Do you ever see Jesus doing that? Try that over here. Can you find me a scripture where Jesus ever yelled at the devil? Motley Crue shouted at the devil. There's only a handful of people in here who get that one too. <laughs> Amy got it. But it's a weapon. When we come in here, I'm going to face spiritual warfare. <laughs> no. Go to Psalms 149. I'm going to read out of the Passion Translation again. I'm going to try to hurry and get you out of here today, but, you know, if I don't. <laughs> oh. I like how the Passion Translation puts it again here. He says, hallelujah, praise the Lord, it's time to sing. Hallelujah, praise the Lord, it's time to sing to God a what? A brand new song. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. It's time to sing to God a brand new song so that all of his people will hear what? How wonderful he is. We talked on Wednesday night about testimony. Most of the time people's testimony is 15 minutes of how bad the devil's been to them, how much he's beat them up, how much he's wore them out, and about two seconds, but thank God I'm still alive. No, what the world needs to hear is not how bad the devil is, it's not how bad that God is, it's how wonderful the one we serve is. This is praise. Mm. He said, may Israel be enthused with joy. God wants you enthused with joy. Well, that's Israel. I'm glad you asked. And may the sons of Zion, that's us. Israel's Israel, we're the sons of Zion. And may the sons of Zion pour their mourning, whiny, cry, Their joyful praise. Maybe nobody wants to follow Jesus anymore because you look at his people now. Look like they've been sucking on something. Some people like lemon, so I won't put a lemon in that. I like vinegar. Look at verse three. Break forth into dancing. 
See, we're missing something here. It never says he's gonna cause you to break forth in dancing. He didn't say he's gonna move you. He just said, do it. Well, I need, do I need permission to dance? Not according to scripture, you don't. He said, you wanna dance? Go ahead. You wanna sing? Go ahead. You wanna clap? Go ahead. What are you waiting on? I, I don't wanna look weird. That's on you. I don't care. Well, I'm just waiting on God to move and we'll be there. No, we're there now. He said the kingdom of heaven is in you. It's already on the earth. It's already here. It's waiting on you. You're already there. I was trying not to preach today. I was going to teach, but. Break forth and dance. Not he's going to shake you and make you dance. You want to dance? Dance. Make music and sing. I forgot where I'm at. Make music and sing God's praises with the rhythm of drums. For he enjoys faithful lovers. I love the passion. He, God enjoys your presence. He's not mad at you. Quit being mad at yourself. He's not holding... You know, Corinthians says that he's not imputing man's sins against him. Wait till I start doing the teaching on what that really means. He's not holding man's sins against him, so why can't we praise? Why shouldn't I dance? Why shouldn't I be making music? Well, we should spend time weeping and mourning. He enjoys his faithful lovers. He adorns the humble with his beauty and he loves, he loves, he loves to give them victory. He loves to give them victory. His godly lovers triumph where? Where's your triumph? In the glory of God. His godly lovers find their victory in the glory, not reveling in the bad not playing in the mud, not wallowing with depression. Not, it's in the glory you find your triumph. It's in the glory you'll find your victory. He said, their joyful praise will rise even while others sleep. God's high and holy praises fill their mouth for they shouted their praise. Where, where, where do we go? Are we in Psalms 149? Reese? Is he, it, huh? It's not on there. Well, good. You're going to take my word for it today. <laughs> now listen, verse six again. God's holy and high. I mean, one one forty nine. If it pops up, Reese, is it on yours? Okay, it should be the same. I put them both on. Okay. He said in verse 6 of 149, God's high and holy praises fill their mouths for their shouted praises are their weapons of war. Not their whiny cry, shout at the devil. Their pra shouted praises are weapons of war. 
You want to wage spiritual warfare? Then you need to turn on something. You need to start thinking about how good God is and there needs to come an expression out of you and the enemy will see that you aren't willing to lay down and take it. You're going to stand as an expression with a weapon of war in your hand, a shout on your lips, a declaration in your mouth that God is good. Verse 7, these warring weapons, what's the warring weapons? The praises that you shout. These warring weapons will be, bring vengeance on the nations and every resistant power. So God is going to bring vengeance on nations? Well, we got to look at what he's talking about here. Ooh. Verse 8, to bind kings with chains and rulers with iron shackles. He says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. So he's not talking about your weapons of praise are going to affect people. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness. So my shouted praises becomes a weapon of war in my hand and in my mouth that takes the enemy, principalities, powers, and rulers, and begins to cast them down, begins to put them in a place where they can't resist. Verse 9, praise-filled warriors. We're trying to fight battles all wrong. We sing the song, this is how I fight my, we don't even understand what he's talking about. He's talking about praise. He's talking about worship. He said, these praise-filled warriors will enforce the judgment decreed against their enemies. Well, who's our enemy? It's not people. It's the works of the enemy, the devil. This is the honor he gives to all his godly lovers. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. <laughs> Folks, praise is a weapon. We're, we, when we start praise and worship up here, again, it's not about you. I don't go through, because I'm picking the songs, I don't go through and say, okay, Sheila likes this one, and, and, and I know Sally likes, no. I sit down and I say, okay, God, where are we going? And you know what I try to do? I try to make sure that there are very little songs that deal with me. Because what's happened in most of our churches is our praise and worship has become all about what I get out of this thing. And what I take out of this thing. When he is the main central focus of everything we do. It's his beauty. It's his glory. It's all about him and nothing about me. Yes, I get benefits from serving him. But it's a focus on him. Woo! Praise-filled warriors will enforce God's decrees. The judgmental decrees. Now let's, let's go to Second Chronicles chapter 2. two, two, two. 20, two, 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 two. Second Chronicles chapter 20. Ah, glory to God. All the enemies from around had come and, and, and camped around Israel and Judah. 
Jehoshaphat, they said, hey, look, there's so many of them, I don't know what to do. If he can't laugh here, he can't laugh anywhere. Go ahead, son. <laughs> Verse 20. And they rose early in the morning and they went out to the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe on the Lord your God and you shall be established. Believe his prophets and you shall prosper. Verse 21. And when he had consulted the people, look what he did. He, didn't, he did not first arrange an army. He arranged a whole different type of warfare. He was going to wage warfare, but he was going, not going to do it with what they thought. He said, and after he had consulted the people, back that up, Bob, please. Uh, he said, and after he consulted the people, uh, he, He appointed those who should sing. What did he do? The first thing he established as a weapon of war was worship. This is why we start service. Because we don't know what kind of stuff you've went through all week. We don't know what, what kind of life you've had. We don't know how bad your life has been. So I would rather start in war. We're not, we're not warring, as you suppose. It's the shout of our praise is a weapon of war. And these warring declarations bind the enemy. So the first thing he did was not draw swords. The first thing he did was begin to establish a worship team. He said, so he set out those who should sing. And look what they should sing about. And who should praise the beauty of his holiness. He became the central focus of their worship. He became the central focus of their praise. Now think about it. We can all go through songs. Songs. My, my West Virginia came out right there. Songs. <laughs> we should all, we can all go through songs that when you think, if you would honestly think about it, does it really put God at the forefront? Or is it more me? Oh, it may say what God has done for me. See, you're always getting the praise and worship stuff now. There are songs that are good and they minister to me personally, but they're not a weapon of war. They may be good for me. They may, they may give me a goosebump and they may cause me to have a good chill, Becky, but they're not a weapon of war because he's not in the forefront. It's about what he does for me. I know, it, this, is, this is hard stuff. But if we really want to praise him, the first thing he did, he said he set forth singers to sing about the beauty of his holiness. And as they went before the army, they were saying, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. And when they began to sing praise, the Lord set ambushments against the people of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir and they who come against Judah and they were defeated. What defeated the enemy? It was when they decided they were going to put praisers in front of swords. 
When they decided they were going to put praisers in front of swords and declare God and God alone and the beauty of his holiness, praise ye the Lord for his mercy endures forever and it defeated. Praise and worship defeated the enemy. That's what the word says. <laughs> You're a little... For the people of Ammon... Moab and Mount Seir. Yeah. Go back to verse 23. For the people of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir. Not only did it defeat the enemy, it caused the enemy to defeat each other. Amen. See, when you're praising like a crazy person in the middle of hell going on in your life, the enemy don't know what to do with that. They should be crying, they should be afraid, they should be in fear, but what are they doing? They're dancing and they're waving flags and they're, they're, they're praying in tongues and they're shouting and they're declaring and what's it doing? And so what happened was the enemy began to stand up and to destroy itself. We don't have to wage spiritual warfare when the enemy will destroy himself for us. Imagine how easy that battle is. Imagine how easy that battle is. Give me some water. Thank you, baby. They begin to destroy one another. Verse 24. So when Judah came to the place overlooking the wilderness, they looked toward the multitude. And there were dead bodies falling on the earth. How much of the enemy escaped? No one. All because a group of people decided they were going to praise. This is how I fight my battles. Whew. Verse 24. Oh, that's what we just read, wasn't it? Verse 25. So when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away the spoil, they found among them an abundance of of valuable. See, you'll not only destroy the enemy, he will leave all the goods that he has stolen and all the goods that he has laying on the ground for you to pick up. And all it takes is for you to begin to praise God like a crazy person in the middle of a fight, in the middle of a battle, in the middle of everything going wrong. They left an abundance of valuables. Glory to God. On the dead bodies and precious jewelry, which they stripped off for themselves. Now, how much? More than anyone could carry away. And they were three days gathering the spoil because there was so much. Three days worth of goods that an entire army would go and pick up all because instead of drawing a sword, he drew singers. He put singers in front. And as they began to worship, the enemy turned on itself, destroyed itself, and then left everything it had good laying on the ground for them to pick up. Joshua chapter 6. He's been out. They've been going around this stinking wall for six days. We get tired 
if God don't answer our prayer in 10 minutes. It's six days. And not only would they have to go around this wall for six days, they couldn't even talk about it. Well, it, it probably wasn't that big. Well, the walls were big enough they ran chariot races across the top. Six days, they said nothing. Sometimes you need to go through a time where you just quit talking because most of the stuff coming out of your mouth is junk anyhow. <laughs> Gloom, despair. If it's going to happen, if something bad's going to happen, it's going to happen to me. You need to shut up. You need to you need to just be quiet. You're defeating yourself. He wouldn't let them do that because if if God had let them talk about the wall, they would have convinced themselves it was too big to do. And if you allow yourself to stay in that negative space and that negative place where it's coming out of your mouth all the time, you will convince yourself that it can't get any better. And you'll give up. Well, how do you know? Because most of the time we give up after five minutes. Verse 16, so six days they said nothing. They weren't allowed to speak about it. Verse 15, I said 16, but I meant 15. <laughs> Thank you, Brent. But it came to pass, on the seventh day, they rose early. You know what that says? Get your depressed self out of bed. Somebody will say it. Gloom, despair. No, get up. Get up. This may be the very day. This may be the very day that he says, open your mouth and shout, for God has given you the city. This may, get up. Get up and get moving. By glory. Lay there. They rose up early. And about the dawning of the day, they marched around the city seven times in the same manner. And on that day only, they marched around the city seven times. And the seventh time it happened. Don't give up too early. You may be your seventh time around now. Quit talking the negative. Quit putting it down. Quit talking about how big and impossible it is. Just quit talking that stuff. You may be on your seventh time. But I've been around this hill. Well, guess what? They've been around that wall too. And the seventh time it happened when the priests blew the trumpets that Joshua said to the people, shout, for God has, for the Lord has given you the city. And so the people shouted. God didn't prompt them to shout. God didn't move them to shout. God didn't say, hey, I'm gonna shake you real good and you're gonna get a Holy Ghost bump and then you shout. He just said, shout, people. Just do it. Well, I don't, it's not my personality. And how many times more willing are you to go around the wall? How many more times are you willing to walk around the same thing that's kept you in bondage all this time? How much longer? He said, shout, for the Lord has given you the city. <laughs> so the people shouted, and the priests blew the trumpets, 
And it happened when the people heard the sound of the trumpet and the people shouted with a great shout, the wall fell down flat. It didn't topple. It didn't topple the wall. The wall fell flat because if it had toppled the wall, somebody could have still got hurt going into the city. But God's willing enough to take your thing that has been standing in your world for so long and make it part of the road you walk on rather than an obstacle for you to climb over. He don't want you to climb over the obstacle. He wants to make it under your feet. He said, and the the God shall soon crush what? Satan where? So he don't want you to even have an obstacle. He wants to bring it flat and praise is the key. Praise is the weapon. And the wall fell down. I think we miss that sometimes. It fell flat. Flat's easy to walk over. Sometimes. Right, babe? Last one, Psalms 9, verse 1. We'll read this out of the message. Psalms 9, verse 1. And we're going to go home rejoicing. We're going to go home shouting. We're going to go home quit talking the junk we've been talking for so long. We're going to understand that we are praise-filled warriors. We are going to understand that our shouted praise is a weapon of war. That what we do here is warfare for you every Sunday morning. And God's not going to come down and say, why don't you dance? Why don't you dance? Why don't you dance? No, it's up to you. It's up to you to shout. It's up to you to dance. It's up to you to worship. It's not about what God's going to do. It's about how good you see God. How great you see him. How beautiful and marvelous and wonderful you see him. This is why we praise. Psalms verse one. I am thanking you, God, from a full heart. Well, maybe my heart's not full. That's my problem. I am thanking you, God, from a full heart. I am writing the book on your wonders. You're writing the book, not the Bible. Somebody already wrote that book of wonders. It's time for you to write your own book of wonders. It's time for you to understand how big God is in your life. He said, I am writing your book of wonders. Oh, I am whistling and laughing and jumping for joy. He didn't say God was making him do these things. But he understood how wonderful God was and so he was whistling. I thought of Matt this week when I... I thought of Matt this week when I, when I read that scripture. Matt will always come in. I thought of Lynn Spinks too. He'll always sit back and just whistle away in worship. Well, that's, that, that's, that's a little distracting. Then, then, then your focus is in the wrong place. It's not distracting if you're worshiping. I got a whole cheering section over there. That's right, buddy. I am thanking you, God, from a full heart. I am writing the book on your wonders. I am whistling and laughing and jumping for joy. I am singing your song, high God. Verse three, the day my enemies 
turned tail and ran. The day my enemies turned tail and ran, they stumbled before you and fell. Oof, glory. And you took over. When did he take over? When they began to whistle and jump and laugh and have a good time. Church is supposed to be a good time. Church is supposed to be a good time. It's not a duty we do. It's a party we have. Glory. Does that mean I'll never be corrected at church? No. I went to parties where my mom and dad corrected me. I still enjoyed the party. (laughs) He said, the day my enemies turned tail and run, they stumbled on you and fell on their faces. You took over and said everything right. When I needed you, you were there taking charge. Folks, this, this is why we worship. This is why we praise. This is why we do what we do. And this is not the only reason, but the first one we're going to look at is our praise is a weapon of war. Our praise, your praise. And if you're waiting on God to shake you and make you, you're going to be waiting a long time. It is up to you. Well, I don't want to stand out. Listen, you stood out the moment you came in our doors. <laughs> Brother Hagen used to say, in, when we were in school, Brother Hagen used to say, well, you're already here. They think you're one of us anyhow. But if we can declare how great he is to a nation and seeing it how good he is and how much he wants to change lives, imagine the amount of people that will run to a God like that. Amen. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for who you are and what you are in our life. We glorify you, God, that you are here and doing great things for us. Father, we, uh, we stand in awe of your wonder, stand in awe of your beauty, stand in awe of the glory of who you are, and it causes an expression to come out of me. We love you, Father. We adore you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.